1: They are
0: who we thought they were. When we about to well, I get out of hand, just just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's
2: go scatter the West right tight. That's left, left. 372 Y stick C spot.
1: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt.
2: Well, I'm
0: gonna go to college. I'll just play football.
2: Hell. Yeah. Welcome into the show. Let's go. Hour number one is underway. appreciate you tuning in. I'm Matt, live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service. The kind of folks you want to do business with. You get to meet your local Farm Bureau agent, talk to them one-on-one. You know, yeah, it's, that's the thing, the face-to-face interaction. get to know somebody personally, and it's just a much, much better uh, business relationship. That's what it is when you're dealing with insurance and a lot of other things in life. But you also get to know that person. It's kind of like, you know, during tax season, having a CPA that you know personally, right? That's a whole lot better than not. <laughs> and so at Farm Bureau, you get that one-on-one interaction. Happy to tell you. They are the home team. All right, so welcome in. I got a couple of questions for you to start the show today. I'm gonna to throw it your way and I'm gonna see if you know the answer. If you do, there's lots of ways to let me know. You can tweet the show. I am Radio Wyatt on Twitter. You know, last couple of days I failed to send out a a tweet before the show to let you know what was coming up, and that's my fault. Sometimes it's just there's only so much you can fit on the plate sometimes. No excuses. But regardless, tweet me at radio Wyatt tweet anytime. You can also uh, text the show 885 ESPN 885 ESPN. Got it? It's a 601 area code. and the number is 8853776. but easier to remember if you just go 885 ESPN, right? Just that's easier to remember. And then also you can call the show. On the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., been doing it better longer than anybody else at Kubota. Divinity Equipment, Highway 51 Madison, and also in Jackson. Look them up, divinieequipment.com. Here's a number to the Davini Equipment phone. Remember this number. Nine nine five one zero five nine. 1059. Got it? Nine nine 1059. That'll get you in. It's a 601 number. 995 1059. I bet nobody knows the answer to this question. I bet you don't know. <laughs> I just happened to see this. I'll be honest with you. Prior to me seeing this pop up, I have a couple different. Um, show prep services that I have access to that I can look through every day for different things just to make sure that, you know, if there's some historical reference or if there's some sound bite or some breaking news or something that it's not missed. And I just sometimes I, I don't have time, but today was one of those days I had time to kind of read through it real quick. It took me about five minutes, about two hours ago I read through this. I'll be honest, prior to that, I would not have been able to answer this question correctly. This is specific to baseball. Now, it could be an all-sports question. I don't know. But this is specific to baseball. Do you know why players wear numbers? Do you know when it began? They put the numbers on the back of the uniform in pro baseball. Anybody know? I know because I read it. I'm going to tell you the answer in a bit. I'm just curious to see if anybody knows. What did, why, why did they start putting numbers on the back of the uniform? For what purpose? (laughs) What did they represent? Does anybody know? Look, you're alive in 2019. You just accept that in sports, everybody has a number. When did it all start? Who started that? Because it hasn't always been that way. <laughs> and numbers on uniforms are always something that's interesting. You know, I, I guess there's any number of reasons or things that a, a person could have a number on their uniform. Have it, you know, a certain, you wear a certain number. Some athletes work and wait their chance to finally get their favorite number you know a lot of them will change numbers during their career it's because they're always trying to figure out a way to finally be on a team where they can have their favorite number other other guys just don't care you know baseball is one of those sports you get crazy numbers you do now anyway 70s 80s number 99 in baseball you know you get in spring training some guy wears number 65 it's unusual Football you got so many and they're all position related, right? You have parameters within the rules of football. You can't be number 78 and be an eligible receiver unless you tell the official on purpose, "Hey, I'm I'm trying to be eligible in this play." <laughs> Weird things like that, right? Aren't there rules too like you can't play quarterback and wear number 68? It's got to be somewhere between 0 and 29? Aren't I right about that? Anyway, numbers. I, I'm going to tell you the answer. I'm just curious if anybody knows. Where did it start? Why are there numbers on the back of every sports uniform out there? might know the answer? <laughs> I'm teasing the heck out of it. I'll tell you in just a bit. And then I'm coming to your text. I got a a couple of good questions on the uh, text line at eight eight five ESPN. My my uniform, I I probably can't even remember all the numbers I had. Probably my favorite number I ever wore in sports. We all have those, right? Like even if you just grew up playing little league and stuff, you had a favorite number or something like that. I think the favorite number I ever wore was in the eighth grade. In Russellville, Alabama, that fall I played football before we moved to Prattville, Alabama. So in the 8th grade at Russellville, Alabama, I'm on a football team. I played about eight different positions. Played linebacker, defensive end, fullback, tight end, quarterback, <laughs> tailback, safety. <laughs> played a little bit of everything on the 8th grade team. And they gave me number 45. I thought that was the coolest thing Ever is to like line up at fullback or linebacker and wear number forty-five. I just thought it was cool. And then um, one year I was, I guess my first year at Prattville, I primarily didn't, I didn't throw a lot of passes my first year there. I caught a lot of them, so I was number eighty-eight. But my Mississippi State number, I wore number seven throughout my college career. But you know, I've told you this before, but my favorite sports movie, it's still my favorite movie of all time is The Natural, with Robert Redford playing the part of Roy Hobbs. And you'll remember in the movie The Natural, which I grew up watching, kind of loving and that movie, idolizing it to a degree. You'll remember Roy Hobbs when he first got to the New York Knights after he'd just kind of gone AWOL. And he walks into the clubhouse, and he's talking to the equipment manager, Diz. And Diz says, all right, what number? he's looking at the different uniforms. He goes, I don't know. How about 11? And Diz goes, no, nah, you don't want 11. That's bad luck. And he goes, okay, well, how about nine? And Diz goes, well, nine it is. So just because of that one little scene in a movie, my whole life, I thought number 11 was bad luck. <laughs> I did. I didn't ever want to be number 11. So when I signed my scholarship and I showed up to Mississippi State, guess what number they gave me? 11. So my first year at State, the 1995 season, I was a, like a fourth-string quarterback, but dressing out for games and redshirting, I was number 11, and I changed it just as fast as I could. And so that spring, after Shaston Coleman, receiver from Ackerman, graduated, I got number 7 and was number 7 the rest of the way just to get away from 11. <laughs> That's how it worked for me. Numbers are funny. I've always remembered phone numbers back when you used to have to remember phone numbers. See, look, that's how old we are, is I can remember when you had to remember phone numbers. Yeah, the numbers themselves. There were no cell phones with contact. there was, no, was contact. A contact was some lawyer's Rolodex with little cards, and they were written on there with numbers. <laughs> that was contact's. The rest of us in the world just had to remember a number. I can remember the numbers I grew up with as a kid. In Russellville, my phone number was, uh, <laughs> it was uh, 332-4979. I can't remember the area code up there. Was it 256? I think it was, 256. Yeah, something like that, Three three. And then uh, in Prattville, our phone number was always 334-361-8178. So I can re- still remember him. You remembered your phone number all those years. You used to actually have to remember numbers. And the way that I would do it is uh, I associated phone numbers with football players. Any phone number that had the digits 3-4, I thought about Bo Jackson. Yeah. Best friend in high school. His phone number was fifty five thirty four. Last four digits. That was Derek Thomas. And Bo Jackson—that's how I remembered him. Had to remember phone numbers. So jersey numbers have significance. All great quarterbacks have been number twelve, right? Most of them. Do you remember any great football players who wore number twelve who weren't quarterbacks? Think about that question. I'll give you the answer in a minute. I promise I will. First, though, let me jump over here to the text line at eight eight five ESPN. I gotta get a sponsor on the text line because we use it so much. It's kind of like free floor space. We gotta do something with it. <laughs> I'll work on that. Yeah. All right. So I got some answers. Let me flip through these. And I, and again, let me tell you, just trust me. If you're listening to the radio and you hear me kind of fumbling through some of these texts, it's because I'm using my little bitty 11 inch laptop. And I can barely read it. I swear I need a magnifying glass, and I'm not even kidding you. All right, where's the first one from the show? Here it is. Came in three minutes after we started. Unnamed texter says, Has SEC Player of the Year, Pitcher of the Year, and Freshman of the Year ever come off the same team, off one team? It could happen. With Jake Mangum, Ethan Small, and JT Ginn. Yeah, sure could. I saw where Ethan Small was recognized as one of the national players of the week for those 15 strikeouts back on Friday night of Alabama. But he somehow was not the SEC pitcher of the week. Who was? Maybe a guy from Tennessee? And I think that was because Tennessee beat Georgia. So Tennessee upset a really good team. <laughs> in this case, Georgia. So their guy gets a little more credit than Ethan Small got for racking up 15 strikeouts against a bad team. Yeah, the pitcher of the week in the SEC was Garrett Stallings of Tennessee. He he shut a shutout of number two Georgia. Stallings scattered five hits and struck out five. 102 pitches. Did not allow a single runner to reach third base. Retired the final seven batters of the game. Worthy. He's worthy. But yeah, so you could, in the SEC anyway, you could have SEC Player of the Year if it's Mangum and he sets the, the record. You could have Pitcher of the Year. You certainly could if they keep it up, and you could definitely have Freshman of the Year. No doubt. You could definitely have all those things. The next text said, will Mississippi State Diamond Dogs take the College World Series? Be bold. Hashtag, we set it first. Well, we can predict until the sun comes home, but we don't know. Are they capable? Yeah, sure. A lot of teams are. Better play your best in June. That's what it boils down to. Wouldn't it be cool if they got a rematch with UCLA? Right now, UCLA and State are kind of one and two. Here's a text from Louvier. Hey, Louvier. It was great to meet you last week at DeVinny Equipment in Madison. That's what's cool about going out on location on a radio show is – Uh, Folks who listen to the show, like Louvier, come by, get to meet him face to face. We were talking and we started talking about golf. I told Louvier how I have a hard, I I don't even play golf anymore. Health reasons, back feeling good, so I'm not going to mess it up. But also I I used to get to feeling like I I just, my daughter, if she's out of school or if it's home on a weekend, I can't go spend four hours at a golf course away from her. I want to spend time with her. And he told me I sounded like I would make a good Catholic because I had good Catholic guilt. That's what Louvier told me. <laughs> I wish this darn thing would stop refreshing because every time it does, I have to move it back. Google. All right, here it is. Luvier said it started so that a batting order could be kept so the batters would have to, quote, wait their turn to hit. Boys and girls, I think we have a winner. Louvier, this is what I saw. I read this. On this day, April the 16th, 1929, the New York Yankees, Came the first team in Major League Baseball to permanently put numbers on the backs of the uniforms. And the numbers corresponded to each player's position in the batting order. Babe Ruth, number three. Why? Because he batted third. Bet none of y'all knew that. Y'all didn't know that. Louvier was on the right track. I bet nobody knew that Babe Ruth wore number three because he was he bat in the three hole. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> Here's a question, though. They have a DH in 1929. If not, was a pitcher hitting? Because you had a different pitcher every day for the most part. <laughs> what they do? Wear the same number? Did all pitchers wear a different number? I'm just asking. (laughs) See, I may have talked myself into a corner here that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Craig. one something. See that on the text line. Yeah, I got it. Everybody. Here's my texter. uh, Brooks in Lafayette, Louisiana. Lafayette. Agrees. Pick me out a winner, Bobby. That's a great movie. The Natural. Go watch it if you have not seen it. Here's somebody from Meridian says, Matt, I love hearing your old football stories. Keep them coming. Well, I'll tell you, it's a fine line. I don't know your name, but thanks for that. It is a fine line, and I'll tell you why. I never know. I don't want to run people off with old stories that are repeats, you know, and sometimes I don't know what are repeats so there are a lot of people who listen to the show every day. There are a lot of people who've been listening to me on the radio for 10 years. So a lot of the stories, they've heard them. (laughs) I almost guarantee you there is somebody listening to this show that has heard me tell the story of why I switched from 11 to seven when I was in college, but you heard it for the first time. So you liked it. So it's that fine line kind of thing. It's like, I I don't want to bore people the same story over and over again. I mean, after a period of time, you only have so many stories. So I'm just doing the best I can on that. I just have to kind of be natural about it. If the mood hits me, I'll lay it out there. It's hard to plan it ahead of time. Yeah, now, uh, you know, again, the numbers on the uniforms, its a it, be, it has become a superstitious thing. And then over the years, too, it really, you know, became bigger and broader. I I never was really one who ever stuck to one number because I was never really that superstitious. So throughout sports, you know, growing up, it just never really mattered to me that much. And really and truly, the only time it ever really mattered was when they gave me 11 and I was convinced 11 was bad luck, which is kind of crazy because I'm sitting here saying I wasn't superstitious, but because of that scene in the movie, I just didn't want it. But the rest of my life, I just wear whatever they gave me for the for the most part. I think in high school basketball I wore like 31, you know, stuff whatever. I, in high school football I had I was 10 for a little while. And then I think I was 17 because around about my sophomore year some or junior year, there was a buddy of mine that really wanted to wear number 10. I was like, "Okay, you can wear it. Fine. I'll get another number." <laughs> it's not a big deal. But apparently it was a big enough deal to me in college to want to switch. I was convinced that one was bad luck. Instead of trying to go after one that was definitely good luck. My dad, who was a catcher at a small college in Alabama, Montevallo, Montevallo, in the Gulf South Conference, I think he wore number four in college. He was a catcher. I mean, you know, that was in the seventies. I wonder if he was wearing number four because he batted fourth. What the Yankees did back in 1929—the first major league team to permanently feature numbers on the backs of the uniforms—and it corresponded with the uh, player's position in the batting order. That's how it all got started. And look where we are now. I mean, now we're now we're all over the place. Yasil Puig wears number 99. He was for the Dodgers and now he plays for the Reds. That's it. Plays for the Reds. 99. What's this say right here? From Kosciuszko. On the text line, 885 ESPN. I got to get this sponsored. I got the text line sponsored. We're using it a lot. 885 ESPN. <clears throat> Let me remind you, I'd love to hear your voice on the Davini Equipment phone. Davini Equipment, Madison and Jackson. Uh, It says, I remember Matt from the Auburn game sitting behind him at a baseball game in 1996 when I was 14 years old, wishing I had all the girls sitting beside uh, him that day. Pretty cool. Did I have girls sitting beside me at a baseball game in 1996? (laughs) No comment, Kosciuszko. That's another thing you learn from watching The Natural. Some girls are bad luck. (laughs) We're just getting started on a Tuesday. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau Studio. Y'all stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Howdy, howdy. Rolling along here, hour one of uh, this show on a Tuesday. Hope everybody's doing well. However you're listening, wherever you're listening, whether it's online, streaming it, listening on demand or on the podcast. Maybe you're listening on the radio, WRKS 105.9 The Zone, Jackson, Central Mississippi. WBLE one hundred point five Batesville or W V B G Vicksburg 1077 1490. Hey everybody. Let's say hey to Roger. Roger, what's up? Hey man, how you doing? Peachy. How, how you, you doing? doing?
1: How you doing?
2: <laughs> how you doing? I'm Peachy as far as I know. Far as I know. I had a I don't know if, I know you had to run a quick errand, but I don't know so I don't know if you heard my little Listen piece of that. trivia. The numbers. Yeah. yeah, what
1: was it? What was the trivia? I heard the numbers discussion.
2: So the trivia was that the New York Yankees were the first team in Major League Baseball to permanently feature numbers on the back of the uniforms. Oh, they were, okay. The numbers corresponded to each player's position in the batting order. So, wow. why cool. did why did Babe Ruth wear number three? He batted third, cleanup. Well, that's not cleanup. Fourth no, is cleanup. Clean Gehrig, no, yeah. Lou Gehrig wore number four because he batted cleanup. And Kudzu Dog on Twitter, I see you. I see you. Kudzu Dog tweeted me the answer pretty quick there. You want to tweet me, you always can. At so what, Radio uh, Wyatt. That's me. Go ahead. What you got?
1: So what if the, the coach wanted to make a quick change in the order there? <laughs> Put a change
2: in shirts? That's what I wonder. Well, you know, that's why I said, okay, did they have a DH? Because of the p- pitchers were hitting. Yeah. Then well, Maybe the pitcher was the exception, though. That, that very well you know, could have been the exception was the pitcher because you're going to have a different pitcher every other day or so. Back then, though, pitchers would pitch more often, but still not every day. Um, And somebody brought up an interesting point on Twitter there and said, yeah, okay, no wonder. Who was it here? Les on Twitter. I'm, again, Radio White, you want to see it. Les said, ah, and that's why so many single digits are retired for the Yankees. See, that's the other side of this. Billy Martin, war number one, retired. Derek Jeter, number two, retired. Babe Ruth, number three, retired. Lou Gehrig, number four, retired. Joe DiMaggio, number five, number, retired. Joe Torre, six, retired. Mickey Mantle, number seven, retired. (laughs) Bill Dickey, number eight, retired. You know, so obviously Jeter, more recent. But back in the old days... Ruth number three, Garrick number four, Dimaggio number five, Mantle number seven. Retired, 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 all are retired. You retire all the single-digit numbers. You got to have others. <laughs> so anyway, that's just part of it. Uh, you know, I,
1: this is kind of unrelated, but I told you at my uh, high school, we we when we graduated, we walked in the order of our GPA ranking. Nobody believes that, but it's true. Really. It's hilarious. (laughs) In in today's world, can you imagine? By the way, I think you may have a tech sponsor. Jake just popped his head in here. Somebody heard you.
2: Hey, Jake! That man. Let me tell you something. You can't mention anything around Jake, or he will sell it immediately.
1: I'd like to give him a shout out, but I don't. People get who we're talking about then, and (laughs) that's right. We had to wait. somebody else will scoot over there and try to get it. We don't want that. We
2: got to wait and we got to wait and parse this thing out. Let the but they listen to you every day. All right. Good. Good deal. On that note, just a reminder, I always love to hear your voice on the uh, Davinny Equipment phone. The phone line brought to you by Davinny Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, Divini. Um Later, you're going to hear Trey Shap, my buddy up in Little Rock, Arkansas. He's one of the best amateur golfers in Arkansas. Talk Tiger just briefly with Trey, but also... A quick preview of the Hawks. State's going to Arkansas this weekend for baseball. Bart Gregory is going to join us on the Divini phone coming up in just a bit. And we'll talk a little baseball with him. He also he used to uh, hang out with Tiger Woods. We got a picture in his office. They're just arm in arm, grinning at the camera. So we'll get that story coming up. Roger, on the text line a minute ago, I'm going to relive my glory days right here. We got a text from somebody in Kosciuszko that says, I remember Matt from the Auburn game and sitting behind him in a baseball game. This is me. Sitting behind him in a baseball game in 1996 when I was 14 years old, wishing I had all the girls sitting beside him that day. <laughs> he said, pretty cool. And I thought, wait a minute now, girls. He said plural. I don't know. It must it must have been uh, the
1: beauty queen and, and her her retinue of ladies. That was, or just pre-beauty queen. That's pre Oh, never mind. Shut up, Roger. <laughs> Different beauty queen.
2: Uh, let's see. Welcome home,
1: Matt. Hope your stuff's not in the yard.
2: <laughs> That's right. I just light it on fire. I ain't taking my stuff anywhere. I don't feel like hauling it. i right, just start over. Okay. Um, text from Tupelo. Somebody listening in Tupelo. Matt, could you take a bit in your show to talk about Dustin Skelton, the catcher at Mississippi State? Uh, The text says, to me, he's the most improved player on the team and his ability to hold runners and throw runners out has really helped the team ERA. His hitting has improved, no doubt about it. And um, that's from Chad, listening in Tupelo. Dustin Skelton, the catcher at Mississippi State, he really has – Like, totally, here in his senior year, just taken over that position behind the plate. And there's competition. There was competition coming into the year. They signed, what, two outstanding incoming freshman catchers. Hayden Jones from Indiana. By the way, Roger, if you didn't know this, Hayden Jones, pay attention to the last name, from Indiana. His walk up song when he goes to the plate to hit <laughs> is the theme music for Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. It's really it. good. Don't you? I mean, I love it too. So uh they signed him. He's you got like he's got otherworldly arm strength behind the plate, Hayden Jones does. But he's a freshman. You know, he's a left handed hitter. Going to be a good hitter, it just takes time. They also um signed Luke Hancock. Well, Luke may be a redshirt freshman. Anyway, he's a young catcher. He's from highly, highly touted, young catcher from Houston, Mississippi. And Marshall Gilbert was in that competition behind the plate, along with Dustin Skelton. So there was a lot of competition coming into the year. And you're right. In terms of improvement of all these guys from last year to this year, he's made the biggest improvement. He has the fifth-best batting average on the team right now at 325. In fact, he's one of only five guys who are over three hundred. Mangum is over four hundred, but he's batting three twenty-five on the year and is second on the team with seven home runs. So at this point, you're halfway through the SEC season. He's slugging five forty-four. He's driven in 30 runs. That is also going to be that's going to be sixth most on the team. He's not striking out very much. Um, it's just a tremendous improvement to have that kind of power, seven home runs, a triple two doubles, and bat 325 for average and be the everyday starter but you're right, the thing that doesn't show up when you look at hitting statistics is what he's doing behind a plate he's doing an excellent job throwing people out and handling pitchers and he's got his hands full with uh, the velocity and the movement that you're getting from that Friday Saturday guy and small and Again, and, of course, he's catching Plumlee, too, who's bouncing that curveball on the plate, getting some swings and misses lately. So Skelton's just so improved. You know, and Dustin Skelton, up through last year, was was such a – he was always a threat to pull the ball if you made a mistake with a pitch in. He's a right-handed hitter. But everybody pitched him away and threw off-speed breaking stuff away because it was almost like a guaranteed swing and miss. Um, But he is seeing it well. He's hitting the ball to all fields. He's forcing people to come inside because he will hit the ball the opposite way. And, man, he's doing such a great job putting the bat on the ball with two strikes, too. He'll go up there and take some hacks and get two strikes and then put it in play. Dustin is really making a difference on the team. You're right. Excellent point. He is the most improved hitter on this team from last year to this year. Okay, coming up. We'll check in with my buddy Trey Shap up in Little Rock. You'll want to hear that on the Davini Equipment phone line. Davini, your Kubota dealer. Stick around. All set to talk to Trey Shap. Dre is in Little Rock, Arkansas, and has been uh, covering the Arkansas Razorbacks, Arkansas Razorbacks, (laughs) for 24 years, going back to the mid-90s. He is with uh, a great radio station up there. 103.7 The Buzz in Little Rock. So we're going to talk with him in just a bit. Also coming up later is Bart Gregory. Bart is with Mississippi State. Play-by-play announcer for all their SEC Network Plus broadcasts, including baseball. He and I are scheduled to call tonight's game in the midweek against Texas Southern for uh, Mississippi State. But I'm going to go ahead and get Bart on the horn here in a bit on the Davini equipment phone and chat baseball with him. Right now though, as Roger says, a chap named Shap, Trey Shap, He is at Trey1037 the buzz on Twitter. Give him a follow. Been covering the Hogs, Arkansas Razorbacks since '96 and uh one of your one of your better amateur golfers out there as well. Hey Trey, did you jump up with two fists in the living room when tiger one tell the truth i didn't jump
0: up with two fists um uh, there were a couple of fist pumps because actually matt i was in dallas and i was driving to the airport when he, he first started his round and then i was luckily on southwest so i got the uh, the free the free wi-fi to watch Man. and uh there were a couple of fist pumps on the plane when he made some clutch putts and then Driving to the house again on XM, listening to it, and then finally got to the house. And there were some fist pumps, but I did not jump off when he won because I I think that final putt on 18 was kind of anticlimactic. I mean, yeah, you knew he was going to win because all he had to do was two putts to win. But when I saw him pick up Charlie, that's when I kind of got teary-eyed. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of pollen around Arkansas right now, <laughs> but that's when I got teary-eyed is the fact that, you know, to see him in 97 when he won and hug his dad, Earl, who was not supposed to be there uh, because of uh, his health issues, and then to see Chara it just it come full circle. Uh, that's when that's when I kinda got a little teary out. And I, I will admit, and you can go look at Twitter if you want. After the PGA championship last year, I said, I've got Tiger at the Masters and you can have the field.
2: Wow. Wow. Really? So you said I
0: actually it? had someone take me up on a two dollar bet on that. Oh
2: really? Well, yeah. you know, good for them. I haven't
0: I haven't gotten the two bucks from Blake Eddie yet from the Razorback basketball player, but he owes me.
2: so we're putting that out there too hey trey i'm gonna be honest with you um and i've been honest about this i i was one of those who said when i saw the back trouble all the surgeries i see him on my television a few years ago go down to two knees at a tournament get up walk gingerly can barely move i know exactly what it feels like we're the same age you know i'm not a high caliber athlete but he and i are the same age and Having been through it, I said then openly, publicly, "It's it. It's over. You don't come back from that well, at that age." And and I'm I'm glad I'm wrong because he's so entertaining. But boy, was I wrong.
0: Well, you're not you're not the only one that thought that. Uh, there's an afternoon show host here on Drive Time Sports with Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer. Rick Schaefer, longtime SID at Arkansas, now on with Randy in the afternoons here on the Buzz and. And Rick Schaefer always said he will never win again. When he went down, after winning the U.S. Open, in 8 Rick continually said he will never win again. Mm. So, of course, yesterday I uh, you know, talked to Rick and I said, you know, Rick, never is a really long time. That's right. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to golf, a sport that that you can play in until you basically leave this, Leave this life. Mm-hmm. Um, never is a really long time. I mean, Jack won at forty six, Tigers forty three, and he's about to go to Bethpage Black, where he's had success. He's about to go to Pebble for the U.S. Open in July in June, where he's had success. So I'm not going to say he's going to win those, but don't put it past him to be in contention on Sunday afternoon. And have eyes glued to the TV again. Yeah. Realistically, Matt, he could pass Jack by next next April.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, if,
0: if he won at Beth Plage and then won at, at Pebble, and then let's say he wins at Augusta again, he's got a sixth jacket, and then he's also got 18 majors.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, at this point, you'd be crazy to say it's not within the realm of possibility. But again, it goes back to his health. That's my thing. Like, right. I, I would I would never bet against a Tiger Woods at 43, 44, 45 if I know he's fully healthy. My thing is, I just sure. I'd never thought he would have gotten there. And, you yeah, know, no hits, one
0: thought he could get to that point.
2: Yeah, that's it. I didn't think he And it could. with him
0: talking about, like, the champion's dinner where he had to have a nerve block just so he could go there, that tells you how important that dinner is to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that he would go through that that to be able to be there and then after it he flew to london to get an opinion on his back and then he went to texas to get the the fusion done so yeah Uh, i mean he's obviously we all know this he's got more money than don't has pills we know that so him to be able to do all of that yes high class athlete um but am i surprised that he came back and did what he did no, I'm not because that's Tiger Woods. Yeah. I mean, he's always battled back, and and luckily for me, and I know we're going to get to baseball in here a second. But and and you said it earlier. I cover the Razorbacks, Auburn, and Arkansas played this year in Auburn, and it just so happened that the Tour Championship was going on at East Lake in Atlanta that weekend. So I flew in late on a Thursday instead of a Friday, and I took Friday, and I was at East Lake all day. So I watched Tiger Woods play some golf there that day, and then got home Sunday and was able to watch the final round of him winning the Tour Championships, which some thought he could not do. And that was only a 30-man field. Mm-hmm. And let's say this, the Masters was only an 87-player field, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it'll be different when he gets to the PGA, where it's a larger field, and obviously the U.S. Open, where you have like 153 players. Yep. But he's going to courses that he knows so well. And that's why when I tweeted that out after the PJ last year, he knows Augusta, Matt, like the back of his hand. Mm-hmm. And he just let the field come back to him, and he knew when to attack and when to lay off. And that is what led him to the win uh, this weekend, in my opinion.
2: Yep. Yeah. I agree. Yes, Trey Shepp, he's on your radio right now. He's uh, in Little Rock. Follow him on Twitter. At Trey, 103.7 The Buzz. He's at The Buzz there in Little Rock. Been covering the Hogs for a long time. Hey, so speaking of that, Hogs at 9-6, I think it is, in the uh, Western Division. Yep. Hosting State, who's 10-5. It's 1-2 versus two in the West at Bomb Stadium this weekend. I would imagine the Hog fans are good and pumped for this one coming up.
0: I think they are, and um, obviously two weekends ago, the series at Auburn, when they went 15 innings and won that game after losing, they had to play a doubleheader. They lost the first game of the doubleheader. Uh, they couldn't play on Thursday night because of the rain and everything, and so you had Isaiah Campbell uh, register his first loss. Arkansas was up 3 to nothing in that game and then lost. And then they uh, had had their 15-inning affair where they were able to defeat Auburn. Heston Kersted came through late. In that game, um, and then they just went out the next day and they, they shut Auburn down 8 to and just blanked them. And then they kind of got shell-shocked uh, when they went to Vanderbilt. But they were able to rally with five runs in the top of the ninth to squeak out at least one win against the Commodores. And that actually bumped their RPI up to six, mm. I believe. Uh, they play a midweek game today with UAPB. They're going to smoke UAPB. It's not going to be like when they played Little Rock. Yeah. Um, and Little Rock went up there, and won. Little Rock took two out of two from Coastal Carolina this weekend. Wow. Their third and final game of that series was was uh, po- uh, canceled because of field conditions because of the rain that came through Saturday. But it's going to be a great weekend in Northwest Arkansas. The weather is supposed to be unbelievable. So you will have ten thousand. Eleven thousand probably uh, per game up there this weekend, starting on Thursday.
2: It's really going to be fun to watch it. It's just uh, for us, a lot of us will be watching it, you know, online on television. But that's two really sure. good baseball teams and great crowds. It's really kind of what SEC baseball is supposed to be about. And in terms of fan bases, LSU's in the mix. Ole Miss is in the mix, but they're they in any fan bases who do it any better than both state and Arkansas in regards to baseball. Matt,
0: you're, you're you're right. And I I know I've seen what's happened down at, at Duty Noble, uh, Polk Dement Stadium. Uh, when I went down there to do Little Rock women's basketball, play-by-play, when uh, the Trojans played state two years ago and saw the construction and everything, I want to see it again. I know we go there uh, this next season coming mm-hmm. up, so I'm interested to see how it looks and everything. I know all about Bomb Stadium and the transition that it has made uh, since its uh, uh, completion, mm-hmm. very early in the '90s, but to see what they have done in Starkville, which was started uh, down there with Scott Strickland um, and just carried on, mm-hmm. I'm I'm interested to see that, and I almost wish I could get down there for a game. To be honest with you, I just I, I'm so busy I can't. But when you talk about the two fan bases, Omaha. I mean, yep. Mississippi State, they travel in droves to Omaha. And then there were people last year, when it got to the championship series, they had never seen so much red in Omaha. And that is back when Nebraska played in Omaha, when yeah. Dave Van Horn took the Cornhuskers to Omaha. And back-to-back years, there was not as much red as they saw for that championship series when Arkansas was playing Oregon State last year.
2: Yeah. So they
0: travel well.
2: They really do. they have
0: really a great do. fan bases. They love their baseball.
2: No doubt about it. They really do. Trey, appreciate you, man. Talk to you soon. All right,
0: guys. Hope it's a good
2: weekend. All right. Thank you. That's Trey Schaap in Little Rock with the Buzz. Hour 2 coming up. Stay with me.